Our theme for today is death in reverse. That's exactly what salvation does for us. Through placing our faith in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have, we have the awesome privilege of experiencing death in reverse. You know, the universal thought is that we are born, then we live, then we die. But actually, because of the sin of man in the garden, ever since then, we are born dead, spiritually dead, separated from God. And the only way that we can come alive is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, our dead spiritual man is resurrected and we come alive just like Jesus did on the third day after his crucifixion. And we experience death in reverse. Let's read some scripture this morning, Ephesians chapter number two. Beginning with verse number one, Paul writes and Paul says to us, once you were dead, Because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wow, how wonderful. Death in reverse. Well, today I want to talk to you about four things and how they relate to our subject. And the first thing that I want to talk to you about today is the rebellion. The rebellion. In the the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, we find the story of creation. It tells of how God created this earth, how he created everything in this earth, including man. And he created everything perfect. And he gave man the assignment of caretaker. And the Bible says that God provided for for all uh, that man would ever, ever need and gave man only one restriction. Don't eat from from that one particular tree. 
Think about it. Think about it. All of, I don't know, maybe thousands. I don't know how many trees that were there available for man to eat. Only one single thing was off limits to man. Everything else was his. So guess what man wanted? Guess which tree he ate from. See, see, man doesn't like to be told what to do. Right? I said, man, and it's okay if you help me preach a little bit this morning, all right? I said, man doesn't like to be told what to do. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I, I don't know, but perhaps the most common sin of man is the sin of pride. Pride and arrogance and an independent spirit gets man into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> Nothing sets a person off more than to be told what he can and cannot do, where he can and cannot go, what he can and cannot have. This rebellious spirit in man was captured perfectly in the credit card commercial that said, I want it all, I want it all, and I, I want it now. Adam and Eve couldn't be satisfied with the multitude of trees provided for them to eat from. There, there was one single tree that God forbid them to, to partake of. One, just, just one that was off limits to them. But man doesn't like to be told what to do. Man does not like to be told what he can and he cannot have. And so Adam and Eve rebelled and ate from the forbidden tree. The second thing I want to talk about as it relates to our subject today is the result, the result of man's rebellion. And the result of man's rebellion can be found in Genesis chapter number 3 in verses 7 through 24. And the result was man lost fellowship with God. Sin separated man from God. Before man rebelled, before his sin of disobedience in, in eating of the forbidden fruit, before man disobeyed God's clear command, before this, before this man had awesome, incredible, sweet fellowship with God. The Bible says that in the cool of the evening that, that, that God would come down to earth and literally walk and talk and commune and fellowship with man. Can you even imagine, can you even imagine what it must have been like for the created to have intimate fellowship with the creator? That man could have a relationship with God? Listen, we cannot even fathom in our wildest imagination what a loss it was when man forfeited his greatest joy for a moment of pleasure. <laughs> I know it's not a signal for me to stop. I just started. <laughs> well, it'd help if I could see what I'm... I know. <laughs> just lay that up here in that way if... All right, devil, we just bind you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Resurrection Sunday, and you don't want us to, uh, I'm going to need that. Yeah. 
Are we having fun yet? Let me say that again this morning. We cannot even fathom in our wildest imagination what a loss it was when man forfeited his greatest joy for a moment of pleasure. And yet man continues to carry out this tradition over and over and over again, forfeiting his greatest joy for something that always disappoints, something that always comes up short, something that always fails to deliver. Which leads me to the third thing that I want to say this morning, and that is I want us to look at the restlessness. The restlessness is ever since the fall of man in the garden and his great loss, man longs for what he lost. He longs for what he lost. Let me ask you this morning, let me ask you, have you ever lost someone? Have you ever lost something that, that meant the world to you? If you have, then you can relate to some degree what they must have felt in this great loss. I've experienced a loss like this myself. Oh, oh, my heart became empty after this loss. Oh, it literally ached on the inside. I grieved over this loss for a long, long time, and nothing seemed to be able to make up for that loss. Adam and Eve lost something in their rebellion, something that could not be replaced with any other thing. And friend, they passed this loss and its residual effects down to us. God created us in order to have fellowship with him. He created us with a desire, a desire for fellowship, a desire for communion. He he created us with a desire to spend time in his presence, a desire for fellowship with our creator. But sin spoiled it. Sin separated the created from their creator. And ever since this happened, man has had an emptiness on the inside. An emptiness that he has tried to fill up by himself. Oh, he tries this and he tries that and he chases after this and he chases after that and and all in hopes of filling up the emptiness that is way down deep inside of him. And each time and in each new thing he tries, all hope begins to spring up in him initially, all that he has finally found it. This is the thing I've been looking for. This is the thing I've been longing. This is the thing that will fill up that emptiness. Oh, oh, hope begins to arise that I have finally, finally found it. Only to be disappointed once again. Solomon writes about this in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Let me read it to you this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, begin reading with verse number 1. Solomon writes, and he said, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. He goes on to write, he said, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. 
I made gardens and I made parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labor. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. How sad. Man longs for what he lost. Man lost in the garden, and man passed that loss down to you and to me. Man longs, longs for what he lost. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 5 says, The evil man is arrogant, and he can never find rest. Oh, the wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 27 and 20, The eyes of man are never satisfied. We're talking about the restlessness right now. Man longs for what he lost. He, he longs for what he lost. Wow, pastor. Don't you have anything positive? Don't you have anything positive for us today? I, I sure do. And I'm about to share it with you now. And that is the restoration. See, through man's Rebellion. Sin entered into the world and and separated man from God. And through one man, the God man, Jesus Christ, the possibility of restoration has been made possible for man. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22 as he says, For as in Adam all die. Even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. And he writes again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin that we could be made right with God through Christ. Here's what the Bible teaches. The cross and the empty tomb liberate us and restore our relationship with the Father. Colossians 1 and 20 says, Through Christ God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful? Oh, what was lost in the garden because of man's sin has been restored to us through God's Son. His life, His death, and His resurrection. The cross and the empty tomb liberate us and restore our relationship with the Father. 
In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a beautiful story, one of the most beautiful stories in all the Bible. Jesus said a man had two sons. And one of the boys said to his father one day, Father, I'm ready to leave home. And I want you to give me my inheritance now. The Bible says that that the father did what the younger son wanted him to do, and he gave his son his inheritance early. Not wanting to, that was not the desire of the father. The desire of the father was, was that the son would stay with him his entire life and be there with him even until he died. And then he could receive the inheritance as it should be. But the father gave the son his inheritance. The Bible says that that the boy went a long, long way off. And the Bible says that the boy wasted the father's substance in wicked and vile and degrading living. The Bible says that the boy spent every cent, every dime, every dollar, everything that his father had given him, he spent it all in wicked and vile living. And the Bible says that there was a famine that happened and, and there was no food to eat and there was no work to be found. In fact, it was so bad that the, that the son found himself feeding the pigs. But one day as he was feeding the pigs, he remembered his father and he remembered how it was back home and he remembered the fact Oh, not only did he remember how that he lived as a son, but he, he remembered that even his father's hired servants were well taken care of. And so the boy said, I'm going to go back home, and I know I, I've blown it as a son. I know my father would never take me back as a son, but, but maybe I can get him to take me back as a, as a servant. And so he made his way back home. And finally, when he got back home, he, he, he saw his father and he said to his father, Father, I, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against, against God and I, I don't deserve to be your son, but could I just come back home and just serve you, just be a servant, just be a slave to you? But the father said, you'll never be my slave. You will always be my son. He said to the servants, he says, bring a robe and put upon him. Oh, oh he, he, he's shameful. He looks bad. Oh, cover up his shame. Bring a robe and put on him. Bring a ring and put on his hand. The signet ring, the, the ring that signifies that he is, he's my son. And bring shoes and put it on his feet. He's not a slave, he's a son. Only slaves go barefoot so they are not able to run away. And kill the fatted calf. Let's, let there be music. Let there be dancing. My, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost. But now he is found. What a beautiful story of redemption. Notice that the son wasn't just forgiven by his father, but their fellowship. Their fellowship was restored. Oh, hear me this morning. Hear me, people. God doesn't just want to save us. He doesn't want to just save us. He doesn't just want to keep us out of hell. But he wants a relationship. He wants a relationship. Oh, one like he originally had with that man named Adam. 
And the fulfillment that came with this original relationship that was lost and the longing that came into man's heart as a result of this loss, this longing that is absolutely impossible to fulfill on your own with anything and everything this world offers. But Jesus, say, but Jesus. I said, say, but Jesus. Yes, this world has nothing to offer that can fill the void and the emptiness on the inside, but Jesus. Oh, but Jesus, God's Son, through faith in his life and through his death and his resurrection provides for us not only salvation, but but a restoration of the same kind of fellowship that Adam and Eve experienced in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. And this fellowship, this relationship with God can fill up that emptiness, that void, that restlessness that's found deep inside the heart of every man. Our theme today is death in reverse. Death in reverse. We, We are born spiritually dead. And most, most spend their entire lives looking for fulfillment, looking for identity, looking for purpose, looking for hope, looking for joy, looking for acceptance. And not even one of these can be found in totality outside of a personal relationship with Christ. Try as hard as you might. You will never fill the void. You'll never fill the emptiness. You'll never find the purpose. You'll never find the joy. You'll never find life worth living outside side of a relationship with Christ, but through a relationship with Christ, all of that can be found. We are born spiritually dead, separated from our creator, but through Jesus we can experience death in reverse. The spiritually dead can come alive through Christ. Hear me, friends. The tomb is empty, so you don't have to be. Hallelujah. The takeaway of the message this morning is only those who know Christ are truly alive. Through Christ, we can be born again. Father, I just pray that you'll take these words this morning, even though we've had interruptions, even though before the service, I almost choked to death. Ten minutes, I struggled for air to breathe. The enemy did not want us to have this service. The enemy has fought, and he's continuing to fight, but the enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated in the name of Jesus. Lord, because of your life, your death, and your resurrection, Lord, we have moved from death unto life.